This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. <clears throat> all right, guys, we're going to jump right into things today by looking at an experiment conducted by Harvard a while back. I love bringing you guys this kind of content. Studies like this, I think, are why a lot of people get interested in psychology in the first place. And it has incredible utility for everyone, especially if you struggle with social anxiety. So I won't go into details too much, but I'll give you the rundown on this experiment. Basically, the researchers wanted to see what kind of effect body language would have during job interviews. Now, let's rewind real quick. When I first got into psychology hacking, learning to use the body language um, to regulate my emotional state was a huge game changer. It was really the first major breakthrough that I had, and it was a key tool in overcoming my depression. And I was so excited to learn this, and I immediately went to some of my friends who had been struggling with suicidal thoughts. And I told them that just by standing up straighter, smiling, forcing a chuckle, and spreading their arms and legs in an expansive, powerful posture that they could trick their body into thinking that they were happy. It wasn't a magic pill, but it was something that you could do whenever you needed to in order to break out of negative thought patterns. Their response shocked me. I didn't think it was a big deal um, at the time, but it was kind of strange to see them, like, how much they were resistant to this idea. They didn't think that it would work. You know, what's the point? It doesn't change anything. Those, those feelings come right back, blah, blah, blah. The truth is that you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. I was disappointed, but not discouraged. I knew that I had found something valuable, even if nobody else saw that. And coming back to the Harvard study, their, their findings have only reinforced my pretty intense belief in the power that our bodies hold over our minds. So essentially what they did was they had their subjects assume what they called power postures. These postures were expansive, and the point was to take up a lot of space. So standing with your feet apart, back straight, your hands raised up high above your head, remember that there's a powerful feedback loop that goes on between your mind and your body. Most of the time when we struggle with issues of self-esteem or social anxiety, we unconsciously change our body language and speech to fit that image. So if we're insecure about ourselves and worry what others think, that puts us in a defensive state of mind. We feel like we're not enough in the eyes of the community and to a primitive part of our brains, that means that we are in danger. We're only here because our ancestors were able to win the competitive social games that all humans play. The ones who didn't play the game well enough did not get the privilege of passing their genes down to the next generation. They died out or didn't get the mating opportunities as those that we are directly descended from did. Now, because of this, that desire to do well in social situations is hardwired into our DNA. We're programmed for social success. That's why we have so much anxiety around not being um, accepted into whatever group we identify with. So let's look at high schoolers, for example. In the life of a teenager, being embarrassed in front of your peers can be a pretty devastating event. As you grow up, it takes time to develop your own interpretation of the world. So as a child and adolescent, a lot of what you do is based off of programming. So you don't get invited to that party and it feels like the end of the world to you at the time. 
your primitive brain is freaking out going, oh my God, the group doesn't like me. They don't accept me. That means I'm going to have limited access to resources and baiting opportunities. It's all over. I better do something to fix this right now or I'm not likely to survive. Now, no matter how independent you become, it never feels good when you're the only person not invited somewhere, obviously. It just sucks and there's really no way around it. The thing is though, that it's not really a matter of life and death anymore. It's really not. For a caveman, it definitely could have been a death sentence to not be accepted by others. But for us, we can always find a new group. We can always make our own way, or we could potentially work our way back into the good graces of those same people. While not a matter of life and death per se, social dynamics is still very important. You're not gonna get very far at work if nobody likes you. You won't have a fulfilling relationship if you can't communicate well with your spouse. We're constantly engaged in power struggles with one another, and we instinctively recognize the importance of the games that we play with each other. This is why we have anxiety around other people. We know that it's important to work well with them to get what we want, but we doubt our abilities. We have low self-confidence because we still identify too closely with that tribal mentality of kill or be killed, zero-sum competition, right? When we approach the other humans, with this feeling of fear and avoidance, we put ourselves into a highly unresourceful state of mind. When we feel nervous, our body language starts to reflect that anxiety. We close ourselves off so that we can protect against attack. We speak more quietly. We start to stutter. We get nervous. We avoid eye contact because we don't want to instigate a confrontation. We do all of this unconsciously because the unconscious recognizes that we're afraid and triggers the body to respond appropriately to protect us. The thing is, these fearful behaviors are things that we all intuitively recognize as submissive behaviors. So other people see it in us and unconsciously decide that we must be lower in the dominance hierarchy because of them. We see ourselves do it and decide the same thing. Then people ignore us, which only serves to reinforce that limiting belief. We lose respect for ourselves because we see how little power we seem to have over our environment. That's a vicious cycle that keeps going and going. It snowballs out, it builds on itself, and keeps perpetuating a never-ending pattern of doubt, fear, and insignificance. If you struggle with social anxiety, that's probably where you're at right now. That's probably where you are. You're stuck in this habit of feeling fearful. You're stuck associating social interactions with anxiety because you know the stakes are high and you also feel like you just can't get it right. Don't worry, I'm here to help. So let's take a look back at that Harvard, Harvard study. The participants were getting interviewed for a job, okay? Which is something that causes stress in pretty much everybody. It's a very uncomfortable situation to be in and the power is totally skewed against you. Plus, nobody likes being evaluated. So before the interviews, these individuals was, would spend a minute or two standing in what they called power postures. Again, this is standing straight with your arms raised very expansive. It's the opposite of what somebody does when they're afraid and trying to hide. What they found was that the participants who did this, um, for them, it was, it was a massive game changer, basically. The ones who did these power postures before the interview did significantly better than those who didn't. They, come, they came across as more capable, as more confident. And what's crazy to me is that once they got into the interview, it didn't really seem to matter that much if they went back to their old body language. Just being primed for confidence beforehand was enough to have a tangible impact on the perception of that interviewer. Now, there's a couple things going on here. For starters, standing in these postures causes our bodies to release higher levels of testosterone. 
low levels of testosterone um, in general are associated with heightened levels of anxiety. More testosterone and less cortisol is pretty much the magic potion that leaves us feeling more relaxed and more secure around other people. And doing these, these power poses created exactly that effect. So you've heard me talk about body language probably a lot if you follow the show for a while. And maybe you're wondering, do I have anything to say about it other than to stop slouching? Yeah, actually I do. I have a big point to make with all of this, but again, this is coming from those researchers. I didn't make this up. What do most people do before a job interview? What do most people do when they get out around their friends or at least right before they see their friends? What are we unknowingly doing that's causing fearful signals to be sent to our body? The basic answer is that most of us spend way too much time hunched over our phones. When we look at the screen, it's natural to lean in further and like to slouch over. And that's fine, but if we're doing that right before we're talking to somebody, you're making yourself small, which makes you feel small. You can hype yourself up all you want, but if your thoughts and the actions are inconsistent, you won't be sending a clear signal to your unconscious mind. You say that you're going to crush it, but then you slouch it over with your shoulders in like you're trying to hide. So your, your brain gets confused, right? We're not done talking about this topic, but the lesson for today is to bring awareness to how much you are communicating with yourself and, your, and others around you through body language. Start noticing how much more anxious you feel after spending five minutes hunched over your phone. Start noticing your tendency to get small and to hide when somebody interrupts you or your joke doesn't land or something to, the, to that effect. Instead, prime yourself for all of your social interactions by assuming expansive, powerful body language right before it. I do this before every podcast, before every video, before every coaching call, before every sales call, before every live event, because it works. It's powerful. It doesn't just change the chemical makeup of your body, although that would be enough. It also changes how other people perceive you. Not only does your internal experience completely change, which again is probably worth it in and of itself, but the impact you have on those around you is totally transformed as well. So our key takeaway today is not to crouch over our phones like it's the precious that we have because before talking to people, that changes our self-image in a very negative way, right? Even if you don't stand with your arms raised high for a few minutes before meeting up with your friends because like, let's face it, if you're out in public, you're going to look weird doing that. But you can still make it a point to express yourself with confident body language throughout the day, right? Don't be afraid to take up space. Don't be afraid to stand up straight, to claim a little bit of territory for yourself because it'll change how you feel about yourself dramatically. So here's the, the single best tip I've ever picked up for body language. It was actually something I learned by accident, believe it or not. I was reading about how sometime in middle age, if you're not really using parts of your brain, they start to deteriorate. There's a, a pretty big problem with people losing coordination after their 40s and 50s and needing to use a walker or a cane to get around with, right? And how do those people walk? Imagine an older person shuffling around with a walker and what do they always seem to be doing? They're staring at the ground. You know, they're carefully watching every step that they make. The reason they're doing this is because they have, they have to, to some extent anyway. When you spend your whole adult life looking at your feet as you walk, you start to rely on your eyes as a means of balancing. You don't exercise that feeling of balancing. On a neurological level, you begin to lose touch with your feet because you're not feeling them walk. You're seeing them walk. The brain can grow new neurons and connections as needed, but what we have is, 
it, it's very much use it or lose it. If you spend years not using that connection between your brain and your feet, it grows weak and you can't balance or step where you need to without looking anymore. So thinking of this, I decided to commit to not looking where I was stepping, even going up and down the stairs. This didn't mean that I had to slow down a good bit to keep from busting my ass, but I took it as a really positive thing, actually. If walking without looking was already giving me trouble, it's a good thing I started doing this now, right? Before it gets really hard. But I noticed something pretty incredible when I was doing this. Simply keeping my line of sight above my feet made something click in my head. All the years of trying different methods of keeping good posture and displaying confident body language, suddenly all of that looked completely insignificant. I get the best results just by keeping my head up. Not only am I keeping the connection between my feet and my brain strong and healthy, but it tricks my unconscious into feeling like a badass at the top of the pecking order, okay? I feel like nobility walking around in my kingdom. I can trust my body to move where it needs to. That way I'm not sending any signals of uncertainty to my unconscious. I don't feel like I need to look where I'm stepping. I feel confident in where I'm going, right? Now, isn't all this happening inside of my head? Yeah, it is, 100%. That's exactly where it's happening. That's not a bad thing, though. Your internal experience is what matters because everything is happening inside of your head. Change that inner perception and you change reality itself as far as you're concerned anyway, and that's all that really matters. Not only that, but thanks to the Harvard experience, we also have confirmation that when we do this, we also change the way everybody else perceives us as well. So the key takeaways here are keep your head up high to feel better, stop hunching over your phone, and practice expansive body language to reduce your social anxiety. Thanks for listening, guys. Good luck.